Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 35 of The Rock Podcast. For those about a pod, we salute you, featuring me and Brian Maley. That's new, is it? That's a new slob. In this episode, we go back in time to 1995. 47 years ago, Brian. Or if you're listening in 10 years' time, 37 years ago. We also look back at the Steelhouse Festival from a couple of weeks ago. We talk about recent rock news, and of course, everyone's favourite feature, Hidden Gem Time. But without further ado, here he is, Mr. Brian Mayley. How are you doing, young man? I'm very well, Matthew. How are you? <coughs> I'm good. Long I'm time no see. Yeah, indeed. Since last time I saw you, we were up a mountain in Wales, weren't we? And, and I wasn't sleeping, and I was going to gigs. <laughs> well, we'll come on to your sleeping habits in a minute. <laughs> So, you know, before we get on to the matters at hand, yes, we need to, we need to come clean with everyone, don't we? <clears throat> so for weeks now, we've talked jokingly about our sister podcasts. Yes, that's true. Well, we actually have one now. We actually have given birth to a sister. Ouch. To, ouch, indeed. To this podcast. <laughs> it was a conventional birth, fortunately. Um, or unfortunately, whichever way you look at it. Anyway, so we've got a new podcast, listeners. And it is called, very imaginatively, for those about to pod, we salute you, The Interviews. It is indeed. And number one, episode one features our new friends from the excellent Untamed Silence. Yeah, so absolutely. Out, that's, yeah. Out, that's out now, isn't it, Bri? It is indeed. You'll get that on all of the normal streaming and podcasting services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and yes, uh, and that's you being Reginald Bosenkett in your best interviewing voice, weren't you? Uh, I was I was, I was, quite nervous, actually, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, Reginald Bosenkett, you're going back a bit now. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, David Frost. Would you like to be David Frost? Who would you like to be? I, I would love that, actually. Yeah, you can be Frosty. Of course, Terry Wogan would be my, would be my number one, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, excellent band, um, uh, Untamed Silence, of course. We should mention some of their songs, of course, shouldn't we? Yes, Rise. Um, that is yeah, a great Rise. song. Dead Speak, I think it was the first song they wrote. Mm. But anyway, have a listen to the old uh, interview. Uh, podcast for those about to pod, we salute you. The interviews episode one is out now. That, Look at that, a bit of self publicity, Bry. Absolutely. And and you say interviews, are we going to do any more? Yes, yes. Okay. So, due to my ambushing techniques, <laughs> um, <laughs> more of which later, okay, we have got uh, yes, well, watch this space, but certainly more to come. Excellent. Because good. we enjoyed it. I think we enjoyed it, didn't we? We certainly enjoyed it. I enjoyed it anyway. It was good fun and they were good. They were uh, mm. they were great as well too. Told us all about the band, how they got together, recording mm. during lockdown. But do you know what? Let's not tell our listeners here on this show. Go and listen to that sister podcast. Exactly. Very good. Right. So, Brian. Yes. Back to, back to business. M- matters at hand. Indeed. <laughs> what has caught your eye, Brian? Well, it's been a bit of a uh, a couple of weeks of some of our iconic bands nearly getting back together. Yeah. Starting off with young, your mate, Tony Iommi. Who? <laughs> 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 uh, Tony Iommi and Ozzy, who uh, closed the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. That's right. Yeah. That was a pleasant surprise, wasn't it? Very pleasant. Ozzy looked, for all of his trials and tribulations and ailments and not feeling very well, mm. he was standing up and he was yes. standing in front of a microphone and things were coming out of his mouth. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It was good, good to see. Geezer Butler couldn't make it, apparently. He'd, um, yeah, COVID. Uh, yeah, that's right. I think was it COVID. I thought he'd hurt himself. Like, he did as well. His... No, he. I, th- oh, okay. I, I think Tony's Tony's said he he wasn't he wasn't right fettle or in the right fettle because he'd injured his ribs mm, uh, right. as well too. But he, he yeah. had COVID as well. So you see, I resisted the temptation to do the uh, the the the, uh, the impression there. <laughs> resisted. <laughs> 
Yes, no, I thought that was good. Um, it was fairly unannounced, wasn't it? But it was fun all the same. And in a similar vein, Brian, Geddy Lee and Alex Lifeson from Rush got together with um, the folks from South Park to celebrate 25 years of South Park to do Closer to the Heart, um, which uh, which is good. Quite, quite out of nowhere, that one. And sounding good as well, too. I know that Alex has been recording. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I, I, they sounded. I, I there was a little lump in my throat. Mm. I didn't think I was yeah. going to see Alex and and Gary on stage again. But obviously, yeah. yeah but obviously, uh, the Primus guys have been out touring and playing. Uh, you know, the, the their tribute show to Rush. But I have to say, have you seen the footage? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I I really felt for Matt Stone because obviously the guys in South Park are massive Rush fans. Haven't done the video. Um, uh, the video for for the tour a couple of, you know a few years ago, but Matt Stone, whilst he's playing the simple drums to close closer mm. to the heart, mm. um, Les Claypool turns around to him and says, "Hey Matt, give us your best drumming." And Geddy Lee turns around to Matt Stone, and you can just see you're expecting me to be like Neil Peart. <laughs> And I was mm. like, and do you know what? He fair played him. He did a few fills and rolls and stuff. Oh yeah, but. If that was me in front of my, oh, I don't know what I would do. So uh, great to see them on stage. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think they could have chosen the song uh, uh, that was a little bit kinder to Geddy Lee. Because yeah. that, that pre-1980 stuff was ridiculously high. And that song itself starts, uh, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere up in the stratosphere in terms of whatever key the vocal's in. But anyway, it got through it and it was good to see them. And who knows? Uh, I've got a feeling that the... Uh, Taylor Hawkins tribute uh, concert. We shall see more. Yes. And uh, possibly with Mr. Grohl on drums, but we we are speculating, of course, and we haven't got tickets, sadly. No. Um, But if we did, we would be looking forward to it. Um, Yeah, so that's good. So one thing that's really good that's come out in the the news this week is at last we are going to have an official biography of Gary Moore, which will be released... Mm -hmm. On the 27th of September, 2022. And the reason why I know that is I have pre-ordered it. So okay. it'll be, uh, yep, yeah, it'll be the first official biography of Gary Moore. And it's going ba- it's going back really to his early days. So th- I'm sure there'll be the, the Thin Lizzy stories and the, the, the solo stories. And the, maybe we might find out how much he actually sold the guitar to Kirk Ham- Hamster for, <laughs> for the Les Paul. Um, but it's nice to see Gary getting... Uh, um, getting some of the, the limelight since his passing. And I, yeah. for one, will be looking forward to hearing all the stories. I'm sure it'll be it'll be great. A tough man to work with. It'll be interesting to hear uh, if they speak to the likes of Neil Carter and Bob Daisley and a few of the... Because uh, I think, I believe he was a hard taskmaster and particularly tough on drummers. <coughs> so, yeah, that came out this week. So I'm looking forward mm. to that. You, Matt? Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I shall, I shall read it. Um, I'm not quite as uh, big a Gary Gary Moore fan as you are, but yeah, I'll certainly be very interested in uh, the biography. Um, as you and I were talking off air, as it were, uh-huh. um, the the sources look pretty good, don't they? Yeah. Um, as opposed to when we we spoke last time about biographies, sometimes they are kind of cut and pasted from uh, you know magazine interviews and newspapers and so on this looks like it's got some very credible credible sources so yeah yeah certainly i'll be looking forward to it um yeah good stuff um in other news Mm -hmm. so this 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 kind of this is a sort of yin and yang story i suppose you could say so um uh this week iron maiden announced that uh, they would be headlining the wacken festival or wacken however you pronounce it, festival in Germany next year. And um, tickets for that festival sold out in five hours. Uh, gone. Which is just is just phenomenal. Um, and um, just shows you the power of Iron Maiden and certainly obviously the, how popular they are in Germany. And it is a you know huge festival. You talked about going, I think, when uh, when Saga played there. Do you remember when Saga played there? Yes, you were you were quite keen on. I was going. I, I I sent a I sent carrier pigeons out to all my rock buddies. Mm. Let's go to Vakken, and yeah. and all the carrier pigeons must have lost no, I, their way. I think what people put people <laughs> off. You said let's go 
on a saga holiday, I think is what you said, <laughs> <laughs> to Germany. If you'd have sort of mixed those words around a little bit and added the word words Wacken Festival, then you might have been in business. Um, but then, then the other side of the coin, unfortunately, is um, uh, the Rock in the Bowl Festival. Yes. That, uh, it's been going two or three years up in Sheffield. Um, sadly, with over a month ago, that has been cancelled. And um, the organisers went on social media. And it was a very, very kind of heartfelt um, and heart-wrenching uh, little piece they did um, about the, why they had, well, they had needed to cancel the festival. And, um, you know, I had a good bill. You know, I saw the bill and it looked quite interesting. And yeah. um, But I just wonder... I mean, there are lots of moving parts to a festival, of course, and it does come down to selling tickets. And uh, as they mentioned on the on the on the piece, um, you know, we're in a, we're in a sort of perfect storm in a way, in that people are facing um, high costs, high cost of living, high inflation, and um, at the same time as the costs of putting on a festival go up, the, uh, people have got less money to spend on those types of things. So it's almost a perfect storm, and it's very sad, really. Um, made me think whether. The number of festivals in this country is kind of, this is my view, by the way, um, whether the number of festivals in this country, um, in, in the UK, has reached saturation point. Because during the summer, there is a, there are regular festivals, and some of whom, some of which, you know, essentially break even, or they put some of their own money into it, into it or whatever. Um, but yeah, I did feel sorry for the guys um, who, um, the organisers of, Rocking the bowl. I hope it's not the last time uh, that, or I hope that festival's not gone for good. Um, but so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. And it, and I know some people have gone, and you know, it's a good good day out, a good weekend, like like any festival. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a shame. I agree with you entirely, Matt. I think, and particularly with the timing of the likes of Rocking the Bowl, it's it was the, it was ninth uh, to the eleventh of September. And you think you think about all of the festivals that that happen so early in the year. E- even you know you talk about Download, Steelhouse, you know Stone Dead, and then if you mm. pick up, if you want to go to Glastonbury, Reading, and Leeds, people people have probably spent their money <clears throat> yeah. in earlier uh, in earlier parts of the year, and you kind of go and all right, okay, you know. I was lucky enough to catch the, the Dust Coda at Steelhouse, and Dust Coda are one of the bands, uh, as well as Diamond Head, mm. who were pla- who were playing at Steelhouse as well as Rocking the Bowl. So I think people are 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 probably making decisions now. I'd, I'd love to go to them all if I could afford it, but actually I need to think about well, who who's where's the best catchment for the artists that I like. And mm. and when you look at something right at the end of the festival season, which Rockin' the Bowl is, it might just be that perfect storm where people are just, um, you know, uh, have spent up earlier in the year. And let's be honest, anybody who wants early birds for Vakin, Steelhouse 2023, people are paying for their 2023 um, tickets for their usual festivals even before rocking the bowls even hit this hit hit the hit the deck so yeah yeah bit of a perfect storm unfortunately but yeah yeah moving on yep so new music we like a bit of new music don't we brian we do uh, oh. well i know i do always like to get out of bed i want to get out of bed in the morning and listen to some good new music do you do you do you, <laughs> listen, do you listen to music when you're out jogging uh, I'm joking. Oh, when, you're, when you're out, when you're working out, or doing some uh, absolutely, yoga. absolutely, yes. Do you? Yeah, I can see. You. Well, this actually, to be fair, this album, the new album by Heat called Force Majeure, is. Um, I actually think it's pretty good workout music. Uh, it's uh, so uh, Heat. I've been going for a few years. This is their sixth album. Um, they've got a new album out. It's a uh, Force Majeure. They're very much. Um, they kind of pride themselves on that um, sort of 80s sound. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, and they do, they, they, they do it really well, don't they? I mean, goodness me. And we saw them at, well, some of us, we'll come on to this, some of us <laughs> saw, saw them at Steelhouse, fronted by the brilliantly named Kenny Lecremo, or, or Lecremo. And uh, they, I liked it. 
What did you think of it, Brian? Do you know what? It's It could have been released on Frontier Records, but it wasn't. It was on Ear Music uh, mm. uh, released it. But no, very, very good. Um, uh, great melodic rock. Uh, the opening track, Back to the Rhythm, is, is fantastic. And I think uh, Kenny's... Uh, Kenny's vocal is his range is really really good, um, but Kenny has some uh, shoes to fill because the previous singer in Heat was Eric Gromwell, who's now I think taken up the um, the vocal mic at Skid Row. Indeed. So um, a really really good uh, melodic rock album, and yes. Um, obviously, Matt, a uh, great album, and if I ever get the opportunity to see Heat, I'll be I'll be down the front to watch them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, the story is I got, I got to tell everyone this because it was hilarious. So um, with uh, Heat, we're on at uh, Steelhouse, and Brian and I and a few of our friends were there, um, and uh, Johnny, Lorna, Alan, our new friend Alan. Yes. And, uh, and Nick, um, and then anyway, so, um, he were on at, uh, on the Saturday, a kind of classic tea time spot. And I was quite looking forward to them because I'd heard good things, heard a few of their songs and thought he's going to be good. And they're on after the Von Herzen brothers. So it's very, very much continental. Yes. Period during the afternoon. And, um, it, Brian slept all the way through it, which is not, which is not, nothing, nothing rare about that, but, uh, I said to him, wow, they were really good. They, they, they're one of my bands of the weekend so far. And uh, and funny enough, we were we were coming out of the festival that night and we just literally got talking to a guy around him. And I said, mate, who's your favourite band of the festival so far? He says, oh, Heat, by far. <laughs> and you, you thought I'd set him up to say that. Exactly. Course, I, I thought you were working my we, ticket. I thought you no. were working my ticket. But they, they're, they're excellent live. Um, do you know what they reminded me of a little bit? They're certainly because they are from Sweden and they come from the same area as Europe. Apparently, yeah. They said that to me. They sounded like a, a harder edged Europe with a bit of sort of uh, mid eighties Bon Jovi's kind of sprinkled yeah. in there. Yeah. But um, yeah, some good songs. As you say, "Back to the Rhythm's good. Nationwide, not for sale. Uh, Hollywood. Um, yeah, good stuff. And they are out, they're touring this year. They're out with uh, Mason Hill and Collateral. So if they uh, come near, come to play near you, wherever you are in the UK, then uh, go and see them. You will probably be having a, having a little afternoon nap when they come through Edinburgh, right? But I'm sure if you do go, then there will be good fun. They're playing Stone Dead. It's a no, yeah. So I'll see them at Stone Dead, unless well, I'm having a sleep. Crossed, you will. <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, oh my goodness yeah so that's the news including new music from bands that you should always go and watch indeed yes go, go and support support the bands go and see them on tour um, so it's not all about what I will say is to if any of mm. if any of the members of Heat our friends Heat our new friends Heat yeah. please please don't break up between now and Stone Dead I would like to see you no, no, that's true. Yes, fingers crossed. Yes, that would be just my luck. So that was the news, Bry. Yep. So last time on the old podcast, I set you the year 1995. You did indeed. As I said, as I said at the top of the old podcast, um, a mere 27 years ago, or if you're listening in 52 years' time, <laughs> I, mean, I, can't work, I can't work that out was I was going to say your maths are usually pretty good a mere 79 no, anyway last time 95 over to you bro yes 1995 very very thank you I, I've I, yeah I've lucked out this time well you're welcome it's, I tell you what it's no 2000 is it it's no 2000 <laughs> 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 the barren deserts of rock music in the year 2000 so, firstly, by the way, just before we get started, uh, in the life cycle of your 15 years at university, where were you in 1995? I, I had, I had left. Freshman. Had I you? Had, I had left. Okay. <laughs> Eventually. Okay, good. Thank you. That's a bit of, that's a bit of context for everyone. Okay. Exactly. I had and left. Over to you, bro. Okay, thank you. So, there were some iconic albums, um, uh, genre 
spanning albums that were released in 1995. Let's just get the easy ones out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. The Bends by Radiohead, which was uh, released in 1985. Personally, my favourite Radiohead album. I know everybody, I think 1997 when OK Computer came out, everybody said it was the album of the decade or album of the century or whatever. But to me personally, Radiohead didn't sound any uh, couldn't sound any better on the bands. I thought the bands track itself, and then you've got Street Spirit Fade Out as the last track. It's just a cracking album. Um, mm. um, uh, Jagged Little Pill, you can't ignore Jagged Little Pill as an album in 1995 from Alanis Morissette uh, with our Taylor Hawkins, um, who was in Alanis's touring band. Um, she just tore it up in 1995. Um, I think, was it 26 million album sales alone for that album, Matt? Scary numbers. Huge, huge. I mean, it was, yeah, it was massive in that era, wasn't it? Yeah, it was indeed. Um, Fabulous songs like it. Almost like a greatest hits album, isn't it? When you look at the track listing, you ought to know, Hand in My Pocket, Ironic, Head of a Feet, You Learn All I Really Want. I mean, yeah, tremendous. You're right. It is a Greatest Hits album as far as I'm concerned because I don't have any of Alanis's other albums in her discography. Um, you know, it's mm. it's just, I think that's, for some acts, their debut album just is their album and then it's very hard to follow that up. It's true, actually, yeah. I did buy the following album, um, supposed former infatuation junkie, and I had a couple of good songs on it, but you're right, that she hasn't, kind of topped um, Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. Some interesting people played on it. Um, Dave Navarro's on it, Flea's on it. The excellently named uh, Ben Moore Tench. All right, yes. Keyboard player from... Uh, ben Mont, Ben Mont Tench. Ben Mont Tench from Tom Petty's yeah. band. It made me think, actually, of all the names in the world, his parents decided they were going to call him Ben Mont. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ben Montench. Yeah. Something fishy there, don't you think? Well, maybe maybe somebody else in the family is called Benjamin. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it might be two Bens in the family and they go, ben, ben Mont, Benjamin, Ben Mont. Yeah. That's true. That's the only possible solution. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> exactly. The last great album, 95, from the, from the great... Uh, hard rock band Bon Jovi was released in 1995. These days, um, it was you know the way 1994 was the Crossroad album, which was their greatest hits album. And you're going usually when a greatest hits album coming out is coming out, you're going is a band breaking up or is a band needing a break for new material? And I was mm. pleasantly surprised with uh, with these days tracks on it like the the. The uh, the lead off um, track these days itself is great. Um, hey God was a great single and something for the pain. I absolutely love that. Mm. Um, we'll come on to 1995 and Bon Jovi a little bit later, but a very good album. And then probably my final one, which is a which is a little bit of a a treat for me, um, which was. Uh, Change of Seasons, which is uh, which is kind of like an EP, Matt, from Dream Theater. Um, the um, the first track is a little short ditty written by Mike Portnoy, which is twenty three minutes long, which is the t- which is the track of the EP um, Change of Seasons. It's got seven movements in it, but I wow. bu- I bought it more for the live covers that they do for the uh, for the next five next four tracks they do Elton John's funeral for a friend they do a brilliant version of perfect strangers by um uh by deep purple mm-hmm. um but there's there's a great two medleys that they do they do a led zeppelin medley where they do the rover achilles last stand uh, and the songs remain the same in a medley and and mm. just when you think there's seven minutes of Led Zeppelin. They then do a massive medley as the final track on the EP. I'll, if it's available on Spotify, I'll put this. Uh, I'll put it on. It's it's called the Big Medley, and it's got "In the Flesh" by Pink Floyd. Starts off with that. Carry on, Wayward Son, Bohemian Rhapsody, Love and Touch and Squeezing by Journey, 
Cruise Control by Dixie Dregs, and then they finish off with Turn It On Again by Genesis. It's to me, it is just Dream Theater at their uh, technical pomposity. It's fabulous. Mm-hmm. So that was ninety five for for albums for me, Matt. Uh, anything anything um, stand out for you in ninety five? Uh, yeah, a couple actually. Um, Skunk and Nancy released uh, their first album. Uh, called Paranoid and Sunburnt, which is a very strong debut. I remember buying it at the time. On the strength, really, of um, the, the the singles that were out at the time, uh, Weak uh, is a great song, uh-huh. a tremendous song. Um, a couple of songs that are on the album still in their set to this day, Selling Jesus and I Can Dream. But all around, it's a great album, good rock album and fantastic debut. Um, another album that I bought, again, on the strength of the singles, um, was uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and the Infinite Sadness, which um, I have to be honest, it's a, it's a, it's a. You got to be a. I think especially Pumpkins fans probably appreciate it. I was, uh, as I said, I bought it for 1979 and Tonight Tonight, which are two excellent songs. The rest of the album, I must admit, kind of passed me by. Mm-hmm. But um, worth a mention, if only for those for those two songs. Um, and that's again probably. Um, Certainly commercially, I guess those couple of songs would have pointed in Smashing Pumpkins to them, probably their commercial peak. Um, uh, that's it. You covered everything else, Brian. It's a good year. Good year for albums. It was, and equally as good for gigs. <clears throat> mm. 95, I was able to see the genius that was David Bowie. I saw David Bowie open the Newcastle Arena in 1995. Uh, fantastic. I got to see Ozzy Osbourne for the first time. Uh, I saw Ozzy Osbourne play... <laughs> I saw Ozzy play um, in the Newcastle City Hall. I'll, I'll remember. I was I was gutted because I was expecting to see Zach Wilde in the band with him. Mm-hmm. But he had a new guitar player called Joey Holmes in the... Um, in his in his live band and Joey Holmes was just phenomenal, phenomenal guitar player. But I, obviously, um, Bon Jovi toured the These These Days album, and mm. and Van Halen supported them. The last time Van Halen were ever in the UK was Sammy Hagar. Phenomenal, Matt. <sighs> One of the mm. best gigs of my life. See Van Halen mm. and Bon Jovi, fabulous. Um, and then uh, probably the final one, um, a gig that I remember fondly, which was Queensryche. Queensryche were touring in the UK. Um, obviously, we've talked about Queensryche in the show before um, with Operation Mindcrime and Empire. Um, the Promised Land uh, tour that they were on, they played the Manchester Apollo. It is one of those venues where the sound was pristine. It was just Jeff Tate's vocals were amazing. The sound was, it's the only time I've ever been to Manchester Polo Matt, and it's probably mm. one of my favourite venues for just that Queensryche and the sound that night. They were phenomenal. And they played sort of minuets <coughs> of their periods. They did, they did the mind crime piece and then they did a, they did uh, elements of uh, Empire. It was, oh, it was a two and a half hour show. Phenomenal. Wow. That was 95 for me. Great year for gigs. Very good. How about you? Very good. Well, I can only remember what going to one. That was uh, Hootie and the Blowfish at the uh, Cambridge Corn Exchange. Um, I, I must have gone to others, but for life of me, I can't remember. Um, but I was notable for the fact that, that they were riding high on Crack Review, which came out the year before. And um, I guess at that time, they were playing enormous, enormous domes in the US. And this was, I don't know, a thousand people at Cambridge Corn Exchange. So that was good. But um, yeah, good year, all the same. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I for for once, I nineteen ninety five, fabulous year. Thank you, young man. <coughs> you and, are welcome. And here, hoping I give you yes a good year. I give you two thousand twelve. Oh, thanks. What? I didn't even have to, have to prompt you this time. You remembered <laughs> thirty five episodes in, and you remember how it works. It's good. I'm very it's, proud of you. I'm bro. getting there. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> We are getting there slowly but surely. 2012, I assured, a mere 10 years ago. Exactly. So, Brian, moving on. Um, a couple of weekends ago, we were up a mountain in Wales at the Steel House Festival. 
which was great. Really enjoyed it. We mentioned it earlier up there with a few friends of ours camping. Mm. Yeah. And uh, it's good fun, wasn't it? It was fabulous. We were the. Do you remember anything about it? <laughs> I do. I do remember. I remember it was cold in the evening and mm. warm during the day. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It was kind of, uh, well, it, as, as is often the case, it was four seasons in one day. And there you go. You can stick that on the old playlist if you like. Crowded, crowded House. Crowded House. Oh, thank you. Just for me. Um, <laughs> it was good. The three-day festival um, and highlights. Well, uh, so day one, I, I thought it was a nice mixed bill. Um, uh, kicked off by the excellent Valhalla Awaits, followed by the Hot Dam, or the Hot Dames, as our friend Nick kept calling them. <laughs> no, the Hot Dam. Um, Kira Mack. You know, that's not even her name. So Kira Mack is fronted by um, a... Uh, Rihanna. Rihanna. Her, name, her name's Rihanna. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, so she was, so Kira Back is the band and Rhiannon Hill is the singer. She's very good. Good band, good singer and everything. And she was meet, doing kind of meet and greet afterwards. And I, I went up and said hello and, you know, I really enjoyed the gig and everything. I'm so glad, glad I didn't say that. It's really good that Kira <laughs> really true. enjoyed it. I thought her name was Kira. I did. Yeah. I thought she yeah. was, was she Scottish? Kira Mack. No, Manchester. <laughs> Close. Uh, but they were good. Mike Gray was excellent, um, featuring uh, Dan Byrne, who I managed to have a little chat with. Uh, singer Dan Byrne, he was excellent, um, doing kind of greatest hits of Skin and Red, White, and Blues and Jagged Edge. Yes, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Dust Coda were great, weren't they? Really slick, really professional. Um, and again, I caught up with the Dust Coda guitarist. Um, and uh, Adam Mackie. And he was good. He was lovely. Everyone was, that's the thing with those festivals. Everyone's very kind of, everyone mingles, or well, not quite everyone, but a lot of people mingle and you can have a little chat with them. Yeah. And I, and as you know, on the Sunday, I, I, I was full on fanboy. But more to come on that. <laughs> what did you make of Inglorious, Brian? I, I, I knew you'd knew you'd ask me this. Nathan, Nathan James has got some pipes on him. Oh my goodness! A, a for um, I don't know much about Inglorious, but I took them on the material that was on the show themselves. They were a headline, and they had a lot. Um, bear in mind how well Dan sang um, for Mike Gray as kind of the special guest on the on mm. the Friday night. I thought Dan nailed it, and then when Nathan came on and they played played a lot of the the, the new material with the new band, um, but when he sang Barracuda. Obviously, mm. the covers album that that they done, um, Nathan was just he was up in the stratosphere with some of his vocal range. He was just phenomenal vocalist, probably the best melodic rock vocalist out there uh, right yeah. at this moment in time. Phenomenal, yeah, tremendous, tremendous singer and good band. And they seem to be nicely bedded in now. Yes. Um, been together as a unit for two or three years now. Yeah. I think he was saying nearly 10 years of uh, Inglorious. And they did they did my favourite Inglorious song, which is Unaware. Mm. Oh, what a what a great riff. So we can stick that on the playlist, as well as Barracuda. If we can find um, the Inglorious version, if not the original, it's just as good. Yeah, but, um, it's good. good. Yeah, it was good. Good, good way to uh, finish day... One. One band you missed out on, which I liked, um, and I think uh, was Scarlet Rebels. Yes, indeed. Yes. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I, I'm, um, well, I'm just surprised I got out of bed to see them. You know, they're in that mm. mid-afternoon snooze slot for me. Yes. Um, but I, I thought that Scarlet Rebels, um, that Scarlet Rebels Dos Coda midpoint of the after, midpoint of the uh, late afternoon early evening set mm. everything up really nicely they they scarlet rebels are really really good and again um you know the the singer guitarist there's a there's a nice following for for them as for as you know there a lot of people supported the album bought the album charted mm. well um i was yep. a band i didn't know so friday was great i really I set it yeah. up really nicely yeah it was good and yeah see through blue which i'm looking at now over in my extensive record collection good album yeah good album uh from the from the guys so you're absolutely right yes apologies for missing them out um 
day two, Saturday, nursing a few hangovers. I stayed up late, actually. I stayed up way past my normal bedtime. Uh, Alan and I... Uh, uh, <laughs> You we went to the disco. To, I went to the disco. <laughs> it's great. It was great. It was like it was old school. I kept saying because I had a couple of drinks how much it reminded me of my sixth form disco, but it, actually it was nothing like my sixth form disco back in <laughs> the mid eighties. But it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was uh, yeah, it was a good way to finish off Friday. Um, <clears throat> Saturday, what are your memories of Saturday, Brian? Apart from not seeing heat. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the highlights of Saturday for me were, as you know, uh, Cardinal Black, um, the Welsh band that uh, features um, the amazing Chris Buck as a guitar player, um, mm. and Tom Hollister, who's the who's the lead singer. Um, very very mellow blues, uh, probably R and B soul feel to the yeah. band. It was a really nice. Uh, easy easing into the mid-afternoon but chris buck's guitar playing was was phenomenal uh, he was just absolutely yeah he was just so fluid and they were just so pleased to be to be just invited back and and they got a real good reception from the um from the crowd the and the other two highlights for me were obviously graham bonnet uh graham bonnet who was a special guest on the saturday graham set centered around the down to earth album the the only rainbow album that he did and then he chucked in a few michael schenker classics assault attack etc do you know what fair play to graham 74 years of age knee operation rock royalty was on the stage and then you follow that up with the last minute's replacement <laughs> of yes. saxon for for ace freely um <laughs> i thought um I thought Saxon were brilliant. They were just meat and potatoes, Marshall amplifiers, leather jackets, and they just hit out hit after hit. You probably were in your he in heaven, Matthew. It was 1981 all over the again. Yeah. yeah. It was tremendous. It was. It was tremendous. Um, for a lot of reasons, they played my favourite Saxon song, one of my favourite Saxon songs, song The Eagle Has Landed, which was just... Off, off the scale, as far as I was concerned. Yeah. And um, what I thought was funny, so um, th there seems to be a kind of a, a, a routine, a ritual where someone from the audience throws up their battle jacket um, to Biff and he puts it on. And I thought it was somewhat, somewhat ironic that he was wearing a kiss, kiss. someone that had a the kiss on the back of their jacket, um, bearing in mind that Ace Freely had pulled out, Ace Freely, formerly of Kiss, of course, had pulled out, um, uh, pulled out of the festival. Um, I thought it was nice to see uh, Toby Jepson from Little Angels and Wayward Sons yeah. um, come on to sing and the band's played on, which kind of, again, the classic festival song, isn't it, really? Um, written about the first ever Monster Rock Festival back in 1980. But yeah, tremendous. I, mean, I don't think there are any complaints about um, Saxon coming in as the, uh, the uh, kind of uh, step-in headliner. And they were just tremendous. As you say, a, a, a complete wall of Marshall speakers. <laughs> um, not one of them plugged in, I imagine, or, or live. Um, but this just looked yeah, fantastic, didn't it? Yeah. So iconic. Um, they were good. They were good. They were tremendous. Yeah, they were uh, Tremendous. It was a really good, good down sassage. A couple of notable mentions. Mother Vulture. Three piece were on early doors. I don't know where you call them, Brian. No. But the energy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've never seen so much energy on stage. They had a half an hour, 45 minutes set, and they just went for it. And they were, they were pretty good. Um, Anchor Lane, uh, from your part of the world, up in Glasgow, were, were, were again, good value. Um, Black Spiders. I've never seen them before, and I think they were pretty good. Looking forward to seeing them again. Uh, they're on at Stone Dead on the Friday night. And uh, Von Hertz and Brothers, who were uh, extremely classy and um, really enjoyed their set. So, um, yeah, good stuff. That was Saturday. I didn't go to the disco that <laughs> night. I wish I'd had, actually. <laughs> but I couldn't do two nights in a trot. No, no, no. Uh, you were saving but, yourself for your, for your great day on the Sunday. Indeed. Your diamond yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so it was a, it was, a, it was a good day, Sunday. So, what do you remember about sun, first thing Sunday, Brian? What do I remember about Sunday? Uh, or any any part of Sunday for that matter. Ring the bells. Sunday for me, I um, it was all about it was all about Schenker, Michael Schenker, and and Europe for me. Um, I was 
Michael Schenker, every time I see him, Matt, he just gets better and better and better. I, um, his guitar playing was fantastic. He effectively played a UFO. You know, uh, it, it's Absolutely. yeah. It was his fiftieth anniversary tour, um, and I think he he said to the audience that it was fifty years since he travelled to London to to start writing with UFO. Um, and he just was fantastic. But the ace up his sleeve was the fact that he had um, Robin. Macaulay from mm. Macaulay Schenker days, Robin was sitting in, he, he sat in and, and did this part of the tour and he just was, he was phenomenal. He, he just mm. hit every note. I know you've seen uh, Robin Robin in the States in Las Vegas um, and Ronnie, Ronnie uh, Romero is a fantastic singer in his own right who normally sings with Michael. But that, I just thought that was... That was that was a highlight of the festival for me. Um, yeah. I, I thought I thought the Michael Schenker set went down with everybody. The weather was great. Um, yeah, and they were they were fantastic. And then Europe as headliners. Um, do you know what? Fair play to Joey Tempest because as the headliner, they didn't get off to an auspicious start because they their uh, their intro music broke down. <laughs> That's and, right. Yeah, and poor Joey Tempest is like looking around, and you know the keyboard players pressing the button, going, "It's not working." You know, it's not. We're not. You know, it's not working. So Joey, Joey ran out the runway and sort of did a impromptu Q and A with like five thousand people. You know, anybody, any questions? What you, right. you know, and I, did they asked asked a young. Uh, a, a young guy said, "What's your What's your favorite song?" And of course, they go, "Final countdown." Well. Okay, um, so mm. Joe, you saw that side of of Joey Tempest where he was just uh, chuffed to be headlining, and then Europe kicked in in their set. It was very heavy. Mm. It was a very heavy set. Played well. John Norum's guitar was was phenomenal. Um, yeah. Uh, so to me, the highlights of the Friday, and and going back early in the day, I really enjoyed King Heard. Yes. I thought that for the the four piece they 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 sang really really well and um I know you'll talk about Diamond Head the first time I ever saw Diamond Head I was so impressed with Rasmus the the lead singer of Diamond Head um he just was again he was in that Nathan James category of he can scream and he can hold the levels so uh yeah nice to finally see diamond head so those those are that's sunday for me yeah that was good it was good and um you're right king heard were excellent um did a couple of songs that were i've been on a regular rotation on planet rock um uh medicine and remedy um notable notable mentions uh, i really enjoyed ashen reach um five piece band from liverpool Tw- twin league guitars <laughs> i was like and they were good yeah you know young and and really enthusiastic. They were, they were excellent. Uh, these Rickard Rivers. They were the ones. Remember, they had a kind of like the, the stage sort of dressed up as a sort of someone's front room. That was quite interesting. Um, King Heard, you mentioned Green Lung. Um, they were a bit proggy. They were a bit, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Were, they were good though. Yeah, they were. Um, yeah. Orange Goblin. A good name. Good name. Didn't see much of them, to be honest with you. And I think I was still kind of coming down after seeing Diamond Head. Yeah, Diamond Head were just tremendous. I um. I did. Uh, I did catch up with Brian Tatler um, for the umpteenth time, and I, I managed to uh, control myself. Brian um, got him to sign my jacket, um, had a photo with him, and uh, and uh, resisted temptation. To, as my friend said, I resisted temptation to do an accent, uh, my impersonation of him. Um, so that was good. That no, was tremendous. And um, as I was describing in the context of Saxon. Um, I was the one who threw my jacket on stage <laughs> for uh, Raz Anderson from Diamond Head to sign it and put it on. So I was, that was kind of the icing on the cake for me. But yeah, tremendous set. Um, some some of the obviously the classics, Am I Evil, Lightning to the Nations, um, Play It Loud, but also some of the more recent songs off the last couple of albums. Um, yeah, it's great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, it was a tremendous festival all around. I think you're right. I mean, th- there were a few technical gremlins, uh, but no one got too concerned about that. Yeah. Everyone just kind of went through it and did the best they could. I think the organisation of it was just fantastic uh, from start to finish. 
Um, really well organised, a great location, of course. Um, plenty of room, um, good facilities. So, yeah, if anyone's thinking about going to Steelhouse next year, um, or indeed any year, uh, take it from us. It's a really good, really good weekend, and uh, and uh, long may it continue. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Hopefully we'll be there next year. Indeed, indeed. So that was Steelhouse. So that brings us to the final section of the old uh, podcast, Brian. Mm. I was so when I was at Steelhouse, funny enough, I was um, I was strolling through the um, strolling through the crowd, and the num- you wouldn't believe the number of people that came up to me and said, uh, "Firstly, Brian's our favourite," and I said, "Well, fair enough." <laughs> Secondly, hidden gem time is my favourite part of the podcast. Okay. In a Welsh accent, quite often a Welsh accent, because a lot, lot of Welsh people go to Steelhouse. Um, but yeah, well, there you go. I thought that was, that was very nice. Says it already, doesn't it? So, um, it's interesting because both of us chose the same... Hidden gem time. Thank you, Lola. Uh, we both chose the same hidden gem, <laughs> which we're not going to dwell on, but we both initially chose uh, Trainwreck, the... Uh, <laughs> Woodstock 99 documentary, which is currently on Netflix. Oh, my goodness. What a watch that is. Gee. I mean, if ever a festival turned into your, like, you know, your worst nightmare, that was it. I mean, badly badly organised, um, badly funded, cutting corners. Oh, my goodness. But it's compelling viewing, isn't it? It really is. Um, yeah, it's com- it's compelling views. It's over three episodes. Um, so they do the Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, they, uh, without spoiling the show for every- everybody, one of the abiding memories of it was um, one of the security guys. I think, I think, did they get paid $500 for the, yeah, for the weekend? Right. And then, and then somebody came up and asked this guy, Hey, if you've, um, if you, uh, what, what do you get with your security jacket? What, do you get access backstage? And he went, yeah, you do. Can I buy it off you? And he sold his security T-shirt for $400. That's right. And he said, it's okay, I've got another one in my bag. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, it, and that sort of summed it all up, didn't it, really? That was the kind of the the whole essence of it. Poor security, uh, ridiculous prices, poor facility. Oh, man. Um, but hopefully lessons learned. But it, yeah, good documentary, well worth listening. Uh, yeah. Well worth a watch, I should say. Yes. So, Brian, what's your actual hidden gem then? I, I'm going to cheat. Um, uh, Are you? I am going to cheat because um, there was an album which I didn't mention in 1995. Oh. Uh, which, oh, dear. Uh, well, it's one I held back because it's one that's worthy of a, of a, of a few moments. I'm a massive fan of Delamitri, uh, mm-hmm. Scot- the, the Scottish band, and they, they released uh, probably their greatest album in 1995, which is the album uh, Twisted. It has the big hit on it, uh, Rule to Me. Um, but back to front, that album, Food for Songs, Driving with the, uh, Driving with the Brakes On, Might As Well Be You. Oh, here and, here and Now, it is just back to front, fantastic playing. Um, great songwriting from and playing from Justin Curry. Um, so my hidden gem is the 1995 um, album from Delamitri. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I do remember that, actually. Yeah, great yeah. album. Good live yeah. as well, too. Very live, Delamitri rocked it up. They they very much, they went into that kind of, <clears throat> not, I would, they, they, musically they would go and kind of choir boys, the faces type. So they're quite a, you know, a meaty rock band when you saw them live, but the bittersweet um, ballads that they could do as well too. Great band, Delamitri. Go and see them. Okay, I will. <laughs> How about right, you then? So, What's right, yours? I, well, I thought you'd never ask. Um, so uh, we mentioned the Dust Coda earlier. And yes. Since seeing them, uh, seen them a couple of times actually, but since seeing them at Steelhouse, I've decided to go back and listen to some of their albums. And um, I have to say, uh, and this is my hidden gem for this week, um, the Dust Coders album from last year, Mojo Skyline, is an absolute belter. It's so good. And they did a few songs off it when we saw them. Um, Breakdown, 
Limbo Man, Jimmy Two Times. But the rest of the album is oozing quality, oozing class. Songs like Rolling, Bourbon Pouring, She's Gone, uh, just so good. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're actually um, in the process of recording their third album. Uh, they're out uh, doing some dates, uh, short run of dates later on this year. Um, so check them out and also check out uh, the album Mojo Skyline from The Dust Coda. Yeah, yeah, good singer, good band, um, and hopefully a good future. Yeah. I know they've got big, t- I was chatting to, as I said, I was chatting to Adam Mackey, uh, the, the excellent lead guitarist from the Dust Coda when we were in um, in Wales at, uh, at Steelhouse. And they've got big dreams, and I, and I think they've got the chops to uh, to go with it. So, um, yeah, good, good luck to them and good on them, the Dust Coda. So, Brian, that was it. Episode 35 in the bag. Um, before we say goodbye, I just want to give a quick shout out to a friend of mine, uh, John Buchanan, uh, who's having a few medical issues at the moment. We wish you well, John. Speedy recovery. Hopefully see you at Planet Rockstock later in the year. All the best, Thanks John. Indeed. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, social media, Brian, what's happening? Where are we? Uh, <laughs> we're on it, Matthew. We're, we're, still, we we're, we're still on Facebook. We haven't done anything that kicks us off Facebook or Twitter. We oh, yeah. haven't put, posted any any images which would get us kicked off these these sites. But no, you'll unlike, find... Unlike Tommy Lee. Unlike Tommy Lee. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, as Matt says, you'll get us on uh, Twitter. Our, our CB handle is at FTATpod. <laughs> Um, so Instagram and Instagram as well too. I still know how to work Instagram. There's yeah, but we'll get there. Yeah, um, and we're always on Facebook. Um, and as I say, please hit the subscribe button where you see the show on Apple Podcasts or Amazon Music or Spotify. Spot and send us a recommendation as well too. It helps us get the word out around the podcast itself. And we shall see you all next time. And don't forget to listen to our new sister podcast. For those about to pod, we salute you. The interviews. The interviews. Yes, man. That name. I think we are, aren't we? I think so. Anyway, episode one is out now. Thanks for listening. See See everybody soon. Bye. For those about to pod, we salute you as a Rogers Baby production.